Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Hope you're having a great day and welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live work and play thanks for listening on 103.1 or on on youtube or facebook or your favorite podcast or super talk tv uh statewide super talk tv we really appreciate you joining us and uh and and being part of this celebration of coastal mississippi the kind of leaders it takes across this state to build a strong region of coastal mississippi and uh, the kind of people and characters that we have to that we get to enjoy every single day so this is that's what Coast View is all about. I'm uh, I'm kind of honored today to have uh, Eric Hill back with us today. He's been a he's been a regular on Coast View. He's the director for the uh, the Center for Entrepreneurship and Outreach at Mississippi State University. He's the co-founder of a company called CoFlight. Um, but Eric, first of all, let me say good morning to you. Hey, good morning. I continue to quote you on a regular basis. Um, uh, one example was uh, Monday. I had uh, William Yates the third for a full hour. And we talked about, you know, his amazing company that his father and grandfather built in Yates construction and the footprint they have around the world, but also William's dedication to leadership in, in the state, whether it be through the MEC or other areas that he's involved with statewide. He's the, he's the current president or chairman of the Gulf Coast business council. He lives in coastal Mississippi, as I pointed out in our conversation. We he could live anywhere. <laughs> he, he could literally live anywhere because he's doing work literally around the world. But he chooses to live on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. What brought him here, incidentally, was when they were building the Beau Rivage. He moved down here and uh, ended up staying here, and is now the the president of the company and and doing well. But and during the conversation, we got into the the same discussion that that you and I have had many times, and that that Ashley and I have many times, and that is this whole notion of being very strategic about where we go. And, and I always quote you because, you know, the, the piece that you wrote, uh, quoting someone else, but but keeping the thought live that we could have the Silicon Delta here in Mississippi and that we should be focused on, especially in this new economy and this new, especially in the light of the pandemic, understanding this whole notion around remote work that we should be focused on building the kind of communities where people can find a spouse, as I've quoted you before. I just think that's a cool way to look at it. If you think about young people coming into a community and live, working, playing in sort of this mixed-use place, as I said with William, that they may not have to leave if they don't want to. That's the thing that's attracting young people today. But we need to be focused on building the kind of places that's going to attract them. And uh, and you've done a really good job of keeping that thought in me kind of front and center. It's really important, isn't it? Oh, it's very important. And I think, you know, if we look at the the world up is down and down is up and we continue to see these uh, sort of wild disruptions, I, th- I think the um, the issue with Robinhood in the market, uh, I guess a few weeks ago, is probably one of the clearest examples of how uh, just 
interesting of a time we're in um, the sort of collective power the internet is showing and what what I love to think about is that all this is accessible to Mississippi these same sort of disruption opportunities are accessible to Mississippi in a way that's never been before uh, and so it does need to be front and center because we have we have an opportunity here that continues to be more and more interesting for the state of Mississippi yeah the Robin Hood cases are really good one because if you think about it institutional investment firms could go make sort of these block buys or these block sales and really change the course of history as it relates to a particular stock. They, they suddenly have a problem with it when, you, when uh, the little guys are able to amass themselves into the same sort of buy, buying power and all suddenly something's wrong with the system. It, it's, it's really fascinating, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, admittedly, it was kind of funny here and, uh, you know, just the sob stories on CNBC. I mean, the 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 rest of the rest of the general population sort of unaware how um, unbalanced those tables always have been anyway. So but but I look at it as an example, again, of what what really is possible. And I think we're going to see more and more of that happen uh, as as things sort of evolve here over the the course of the pandemic. But just the the connectivity of people into the bigger picture has changed a lot in the last uh, twelve to twenty four months, in my opinion. So I had Dane Maxwell from the Public Service Commission. He's the Southern District, and we were talking about the more than billion dollars that Mississippi is spending to create internet access opportunities for, for people all across this state. And man, when you do, when, I mean, if we pull this off, it looks like we're doing a great job through the various e EPAs, et cetera. Um, we pull this off. We really reposition the state of Mississippi as it relates to our ability to be entrepreneurial, to our ability to make impact in the technology arena that you were just talking about. Um, man, the sky's the limit for us, isn't it? You know, it is. And it's uh, it sounds so simplistic. But in my opinion, there's there's few investments we can make as a state that would be better than high speed Internet is every quarter we can get um, it here in Starkville. We have a, a symphony organization that I actually serve on the board of. And uh, one of the conversations that's having recently, a, a child here who was uh, was having to learn from home was actually taking lessons from uh, somebody up in New York City. On, on learning their musical instrument. And I think that represents again, what, what we're talking about of the power of something that should be as commonplace and in many places is, but throughout Mississippi still is not. So I love the investment in infrastructure here. I think it's a game changer uh, from education, from business and, and the opportunities are huge. So talk to me, you're, you're in a great position to really understand sort of what's happening and the entrepreneur community here in the state of Mississippi. What's this, what's the latest on the entrepreneurial pipeline, so to speak? Yeah. You know, Ricky, it's one of the most, um, interesting, that's the best word I have for it. Interesting times. You know, I will say that, um, admittedly the startup pipeline, um, of student entrepreneurs has contracted a bit. I, I think in just various conversations, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of students 18 to 21 are probably being coached by their parents and also feel, you know, I just got to get through this. We got to get through this moment in time. The flip side of that is those that are pursuing ventures are finding, uh, tailwinds and are, are just sort of soaring we i know in our in our sphere we will have at least two possibly three deals that will go on to raise money 
um, in, uh, I would say, a six-month time horizon. So there's still deal flow. From a capital standpoint, there is so much sideline money that is looking for opportunity. It's not even funny. Uh, more than I've ever seen since working uh, in this capacity for the last eight years. Um, so from that standpoint, I think we are in a really healthy shape. It's mostly a um, you know sort of confidence issue right now of of what does life look like? How long is the pandemic going to continue to affect operations? But I still think it's a great opportunity and great moment in time to start a company, especially in markets that are still not just surviving but really thriving through the moment in time. I've got a I've got a theory, and it is that even though you may not have been able to identify an idea or an evolving potential startup, you may soon know about them because what's happening is that people are they're in their bedrooms or they're in their living rooms and they're engaging with technology and they're having you know Zoom and Skype meetings and doing all they're doing a lot of work that we don't even know about. I mean, they're you know they, they've had a lot of time to think, or maybe they're not doing anything; they're just thinking about an idea and they're doing some research about that idea it may be that you will see over the course of the next six months uh, a bunch of new opportunities start to arise that's that's entirely possible isn't it i completely agree and in a in a recent discussion with uh tony jeff who's a president of innovate mississippi a great organization mm -hmm. that supports entrepreneurship in the state uh we were we were having a brief discussion the other day and he he brought up that very point of uh, sort of the rise of the side hustle. Um, and I thought it was a very astute observation that, you know, you have a lot of people who have either their jobs have changed in some way where they're displaced from the standard 40-hour week or in some other way their their work life has changed to where they're starting to think, hey, that idea I've been thinking about for the last decade but haven't done for whatever reason, I can put some time into this. And uh, so um, he, he made the observation he's been seeing at the state. I think probably it's a lagging uh, driver for us, given that we live in the university. But uh, I think he's right. And I think you're right that uh, we will see more and more of that come forward. Hey, so remind us what the idea shop is and how is it going? Yeah, it has been it has been an interesting experiment that our department did. Uh, you know, we opened a shop on Main Street in Starkville, Mississippi, uh, and it's one part makerspace, one part retail product accelerator. So let me explain what that uh, sort of academic phrase means. Uh, the makerspace is exactly what you think. So it's a, a collection of 3D printers, woodworking equipment, now some metalworking equipment. And the idea is that you can walk in and make pretty much anything, at least at a basic level. We like it for entrepreneurship for making prototypes, of course, uh, Let, and the goal. Let's, let's do that. Eric, let's okay. do this. I, I want to make sure you complete your thought about the idea. Sure, shop, but sure. let's get to the end of this segment and then we'll come back on the other side. But this is Eric Hill from the Center of Entrepreneurship and Outreach at Mississippi State University, a great friend to, to uh, uh, Coast View. When we come back, we'll, we'll you know, finish the conversation about the idea shop and see what else is going on in his life these days. We'll be back after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Koshu. We have Eric Hill with us, who's uh, director of the Center for Entrepreneurship and Outreach at Mississippi State University. And before we went to break, he was beginning to sort of talk about the idea shop and what it's involved. What is, start over with your thoughts so we don't miss the essence of you know the uniqueness of this place. Sure. So we opened a uh, uh, location on Main Street in Starkville, Mississippi. It's one part makerspace, one part retail product accelerator. And just to explain a little bit more about that. A makerspace is a facility with 3D printers, woodworking equipment, metalworking equipment, where you can make pretty much anything you'd like. And we like it, of course, for prototyping capacity for entrepreneurs. And then the front part is a fully operating retail store. So we'll take products from entrepreneurs in the area that want to test it out in a retail market. And we also use it as a teaching workshop or a teaching lab, if you will, for the business school. So uh, so what's interesting, Ricky, is that, uh, you know, of course, we got smashed by the pandemic like anything else with the retail store. But things are picking back up. I, I've been talking to a lot of people about optimism, in the economy, and we just got our January numbers from the idea shop. And it's it's a pre pandemic level now as a retailer on a main street in Mississippi. So I look at that as a really good um, indicator that things are trending in the right direction, even from a um, from a perspective of a retailer. Okay, that's, that's, that's so interesting. That's, uh, I look forward to checking with, in with you in the future to see what the growth of the idea shop looks like. You guys have developed a bunch of new important relationships that involve a bunch of students. Talk to me more about that. Yeah, so, you know, um, in the in the downturn of sort of our pipeline contracting a bit, we've been looking at ways we can be a little more creative and innovative with some of our classes. And we have a general entrepreneurship class that has 150 students in it, actually a little over 150 students in it. And so we've got some cool partnerships going on. Um, you know, there's great technology developed at the Army um, Engineering Lab in Vicksburg, Erdick, um, as well as NASA Stennis and NASA Marshall over in um, Huntsville. So we've got some relationships going with them where our students are actually looking at technology developed at those locations and trying to come up with business models around them. So, uh, Ricky, if you think about the potential of what that looks like, you can you could have students born, raised in Mississippi that go to school and then are now taking technology that is involved in the space program and potentially finding a commercial market for it. So that's a, I'm really excited about what that could mean for, uh, for the students in the state. So, uh, when you mentioned to me about the new glue and the, the, uh, the way to fortify rice with protein, are those developments that have happened there? Absolutely. These are MS. Tell me about that. Yeah, so, <laughs> some crazy ones. Uh, I mean, you never know what, what people are going to come up with. And I'm just thinking the ones that are fresh on mine. But we've got uh, some folks out of the chemistry department here that have developed a new adhesive. And it sounds like something that's, you know, an ancient industry, right? But the adhesive they developed is uh, stronger than Gorilla Grew. And when you when you adhere something, you know, when you glue something together and then you peel it apart and it's it, you can't really put it back together without gluing it again. Well, their adhesive is different. You can heat it up and it glues back together just like it was always glued together. 
So it's a really interesting um, technology. And the other one that could be, I mean, truly changed the world is uh, some researchers here have developed a way to fortify rice, you know, general rice with protein. So you can think that uh, a, a food product that's normally just what a supplemental or a side dish could become a main course. Uh, and for areas of the world that rely on food as such a core part of their diet, uh, you could all of a sudden inject protein into it in a new, interesting way. So, you know, that's this is stuff that's real, real early. So we don't know if it'll go anywhere, but um, it, it's it's generating ideas. That's the most important thing in my mind for the health of Mississippi's entrepreneurial future. You know, Eric, you and I have talked about this in the past. We can never talk enough about entrepreneurship because one of the things that one of the things that um, William Yates and I talked about was that innovation is one of our keys. We need to build the kind of places that are going to, that are going to attract young people to come and work remotely. Uh, that's really important. We got to be, that's kind of like game changing kinds of things. We got to be focused on that, you know, make more mixed use in downtown areas, et cetera. And the other thing that he mentioned was innovation that, and, you know, this whole notion around the blue economy and the opportunities we have here in coastal Mississippi because of our proximity to the Gulf of Mexico and the, the kind of strategic partnerships can be developed around that. But innovation is key. I mean, it, and we don't know where it's going to come from, just as you pointed out, fortifying rice with protein. I know it's early in the process or maybe a new glue. I mean, you're, we remember the whole notion around the sticky note. It was an accident at 3M and uh, revolutionized the way we view you know sticky notes but where is the innovation going to come from that's why the conversation has to be constantly focused on bringing the entire state together around this conversation and I, you mentioned a few minutes ago about uh, efforts across the state to, to keep that conversation going remind me so what some of those partnerships look like yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a it's a relay race, right, to get people to the point of launching a innovation based company. And it starts, I, I believe it starts from being inspired in K-12 all the way up through um, the college level we look at. And then beyond college, they have to go and function and have cash and hire people and have board members. So it's a relay race. And uh, we recognize at MSU and, and I would say all the colleges in the state, um, we have a specific part of that. There's a training part. To me, there's a life transformation part that happens between 18 and 22 for most people. And so, so part of that is injecting the right um, inspiration and the right mix of resources to get them to go. Uh, so the question of partnership, though, um, you know, Innovate Mississippi is a huge partner. We've got some um, uh, great law firms. We've got some great accountants. We've got all these sort of resource partners that work together uh, to make these things happen. And then, of course, capital networks as well. There's uh, some angel funds. The Bulldog Angel Network is one that's been a huge um, driver of success and um, and others as well. So the, the relationships, I can't underscore them enough uh, of um, making the process successful. But the, the one thing I'll mention, Ricky, is, you know, when we talk about entrepreneurship, I'm usually referring to innovation-based entrepreneurship where there's a new technological advancement a lot of people wonder sort of what the difference is there. And uh, the best example I can say is that it's a lot like renting an apartment or buying a house. You know, when, when we set up a new innovation tech-based company, that wealth that's created through that 
entrepreneurial venture stays in the state. When we bring in an employer and you work for an employer, it's like renting. There's there's no equity that's really being built in the state and in the economy. And that's, that's why I get so excited about it, because I think it's uh, each one of those opportunities could be huge for the future. Yeah, you never, you never, you never know where it's going to take you. And, um, you know, it could be a little idea that becomes a big idea. What somebody thinks is a big idea that doesn't really go, but you got to have, you got to foster an environment, an entrepreneurial ecosystem that you and I've talked about before, where all these different pieces sort of work together. And uh, why do you think there's such a, a, a rise in angel funds? Where, where is that coming from? Just because maybe... Uh, because of the situation, a little bit more money standing on the sideline or because people are wanting, they're just more people wanting more um, Mississippi based entrepreneurial efforts, or maybe they're more focused on technology, but where is that coming from? I think that a lot of that's driven by just the recency of an increase in deal flow out of Mississippi. And when I say deal flow, I mean opportunities that are investment ready. Um, I think there has been some recent, relatively recent wins that have sort of re-energized the, um, uh, the field, playing field in Mississippi. I mean, there, we, our friends up in Oxford had a great deal, of course, that was got a lot of press of with FNC, uh, the fintech startup that sold for a bunch of money. But, you know, I think if you look at that exit, um, and I, I seem to remember the press release was talking about something like 20 to 25 new millionaires were created in the state of Mississippi. These aren't folks elsewhere. They're here and they they live here. They work here. They um, spend their money here and they invest in startups here. So I, I think that little wins like that, I say little wins like that. Um, sort of propel the the interest and propel the um, the advancement of a deal pipeline. So I, I believe that it's those wins that have propagated into um, into creating this sort of growing angel community here. Uh, and and again, you know, I think more people are taking the risk in creating companies that are investable from that portfolio class. You you never arrive though. I mean, it's just it's literally it's a constant journey. I don't care how big your idea is and how successful it is in this moment. Um, it could be rendered um, you know less effective in just a day based on what other discoveries there are. But you know, in coast of Mississippi, I, I can't think help but think about Mark and Leslie Henderson and their work yeah. to you know innovate uh, Lazy Magnolia Brewery into other kinds of things and the conversation I had with Matthew McLaughlin who. You know, uh, he's a startup business lawyer and uh, what he calls an entrepreneurial co ecosystem builder. People like that that are just dedicating their life, like you, like there's so many others. I mean, I'm going to continue to stay focused on the discussion around entrepreneurship because as it relates to innovation, which which William Yates said is one of the most critical needs in the state, uh, you guys are focused on that and you're creating the kind of system that's going to allow people to be successful. Well, anyway, we're out of time. Eric, I really appreciate you spending time with me today, buddy. Great to be here as always. Take care. Okay. We'll see you again soon. We'll be back after this break. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios. This is Coast View, View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.